And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a
refresh my soul in death refresh my soul in death how sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear it soothes his sorrows and he heals his wounds and drives away his fears and drives away his fears and one day he'll wipe away of Jesus. Wow. Yo, so now we have come to the most important part of the service. We were going to receive word. Our hearts are open. Our hearts are fertile. Our hearts are ready. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1 to 2 says, and you should imitate me. Just as I imitate Christ, I'm so glad that you always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I passed on to you. This morning, we're going to receive more teaching from God's servant, from God's son, who has prepared this word. And I'm so pleased that our pastor is not just a preacher, he's a doer of the word he preaches. And so we can imitate him. Amen. So with great faith and expectation, I would like you to please rise to your feet and help me to welcome my Father and the Lord, God's servant, Pastor Christ. I see you everywhere. Blessed we be more. Your glory fills the earth, everlasting Father. The one who watches me, I put my confidence in Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah, I see you everywhere. Clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather around the Word of God. Our prayer is today that you will speak to us Teach us by your word. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come into this place, to have your own way. We are clay, Lord, broken vessels, 
So we surrender to you to mold us and make us again into a vessel fit for the master's use. We surrender our lives to you. We pray for a supernatural touch from heaven in this meeting today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Today I want to continue what I started last week. I'm teaching on prayer. Amen? When I came back from Ghana, I felt the Holy Spirit emphasizing this in my spirit so that I can get you all to connect to heaven. Amen? It's good to have people in your life to help you and to connect to, but the best connection is straight to heaven. Amen? Connect to the Lord Jesus through prayer. We give you four great keys that will really help you as a believer, as a disciple. That's prayer, reading the Bible, regular fellowship and attending church, which is very, very crucial, and then listening to preaching a lot. Do you get the four great pillars that will establish you? Amen. It's, it's, it's a little easier to have outreach and to tell people to come to Jesus because of the presence and the atmosphere, you always get a good response. But to disciple someone to grow in Christ and to become a stable Christian is very difficult and very hard. And if you don't persistently work with the people, then you will see it's not long than they are not here anymore. That is why one man can't do the work alone. We need many shepherds. Amen? We need many pastors. And we can't wait till you finish Bible school or till you fully qualify. No. God will use you just as you are. All you should have is a willing heart. Amen? And God will use you even in your brokenness. Glory to God. But I want to talk a little bit more about prayer, and I want to really, I really pray that you will develop a personal prayer life so that you can commune with God and you will grow spiritually strong. Your backsliding, your lukewarmness, it comes because of prayerlessness. I'm so happy that Sister September is here today because her husband was a very strong man of prayer. I remember praying in the classroom as a young boy and falling asleep because they had these desks that the children sit on, you know? So you could pray and lie like this on the desk. And after a few minutes, I would doze off. It's good to also f fall asleep while you're praying. It means you have prayed for a long time. And also you get visions and dreams while you are lying there. So I was taught from a young man what it means to pray and to spend time with God in prayer. Amen. So today I want to talk about prayer changes things. Hallelujah. Prayer changes things. But before I give you the four keys, I just want to uh, tell you that you must be very strong when you pray. Um, I don't know how many of you have started to get up in the night to pray. Is there anybody here that did what I asked them to do last week? 
get up in the night to pray. Because in the day, you won't find time to pray. Isn't it so? So what are the qualities you need? This is just a short lesson before I, I give you other major points quickly. You need to be diligent when you pray every day. Diligent is a good English word for hard work. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, the Bible says, Don't be lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherited the promises. Amen. Whenever I see a great man of God, I'm fully aware that this is a man of prayer. There's not one great man of God who does great works for God that doesn't pray a lot. You can try and find one, you won't find one. The secret of divine and spiritual power is for those who spend a lot of time with God. Are you with me? So every time when I see a great man of God and I also like what I see and I desire what I see, I know that there's a hard part behind what I see on the platform. And that hard part is hours with God in prayer. Why is it hard, Pastor? It is hard because prayer is a work of faith. You can't see God. You are praying to someone you can't see. And most of the times you're praying to someone who doesn't speak back. Come on. Spend an hour talking and not even a hello or a thank you or nothing. So that makes prayer very hard. It's a hard work. It's for that reason why many don't do it. They just say, no, I guess no clear. Five minutes and I'm done. But you need Number one, the key of diligence. Everybody say diligence. It's hard work to pray. Hard work to get up early in the morning, isn't it? Is it easy to get up early? Who struggles to get up early? Yeah. <laughs> then it's also hard work to go sleep early in the night. Because you want to be with other people, you want to chat, you want to laugh, you want to eat, you want to drink coffee. And I gave you the key last week to get up early, you must go sleep early. Wonderful revelation I gave you. It came right from heaven. How to get up early in the morning to pray? Go to bed early. Amen? A human being needs about six hours of sleep. The doctors will tell you eight hours, but I think six is enough. Right? Lions sleep for 12 hours. If any of you sleep more than 8 hours, you are a lion. You, you're not a real human being. There's something animal-like in you. Because after 8 hours, your body must be sore from lying on the mattress. Is it true? But I know many of you are, 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 are long sleepers. My mother likes sleeping so we always joked with her and said we're we going to put in a, a CV at a bed company called Sealy Posturepedic. <laughs> she would become a bed tester. Let's lie on the bed and see how long you can sleep. How many of you would like a job like that where you just become a bed tester? I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. If you don't sleep early, you won't wake up early. 
Try it, okay? Then also, if you have friends, send a text early in the morning. So that when you send the text, the time of the text is also connected to the text, isn't it? Yeah. Say, are you up? Are you praying? Encourage one another in the Lord. The second key is not, you, you need faith to pray. Besides diligence, you need faith. Everybody say faith. faith. I'm teaching you important things here today, okay? All of you that are visiting or you just came to Christ, here's the secret of strength for you. Pray. We shall pray. You need faith to pray over every day. Only men of faith pray. Faithless people do not pray. And if you're a man of faith, you will be a man of prayer. There are many expressions of faith. But the greatest expression of faith is to pray. Because I'm praying, it's like this. When others say, I'm going to get busy with this, with that, with that. Then the one man is in his room, it looks like he's doing nothing. But he believes that he's praying to someone who hears him and who's going to answer him. So as much as you're doing many things outside, in my room, I'm connecting to someone who's going to do for me more, exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever accomplish with your hard work outside the room. That, that takes faith. Amen? Then number three, you need persistence to pray. You need persistence, some, you know, you, to pray for long hours, you need persistence. You pray every day. Say, but I came yesterday, Lord, for an hour. I'm back again. <laughs> it's me, Lord. I'm back again. That's how your morning prayer will go. It's me again, Lord. That's persistence in prayer. Because the Bible says you must ask. It shall be given to you. You must seek, you shall find. So some problems need asking. Some problems need seeking. And some problems need knocking. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Different problems need different solutions. Be relentless in your pursuit. Amen? And lastly, impudence. Impudence means shamelessness. You mustn't be ashamed to ask God for many things. The Bible tells the story of the woman in Luke 11 verse 5 who came to the judge and... No, this is the story of the woman, who came, a friend who came in the night and asked for bread. He said, it's late in the night, man. Trouble me not. My door is shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot give, arise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, but because of his shamelessness, he came to ask without shame for bread in the night. And then Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Amen. Okay, so that was the four points I gave you in my introduction. What was number one? What do you need to pray? 
You need diligence. It's hard work. Amen? So in the morning when you must get up and it's cold, remember it's hard work. Some of you come pray early morning, then pray in the night when people are sleeping. Number two, you need what? Faith. Number three, you need? You must be persistent. You come every day. Uh-huh. And then number four, shamelessness or impudence. It's just a big word for impudence, but it's shamelessness. You can ask God for anything and for everything. Amen. Now, what does prayer change? I'm back to prayer changes things. Prayer changes number one. I'm going to give you just four, then I'm closing. Are you ready? Prayer changes threatening situations. Prayer changes. Last week, if you were there, we were preaching to you that prayer changes your countenance. Prayer brings dead things back to life. Prayer changes the date you leave this world. And prayer also changes the number of years that you live. Today you will learn that prayer changes threatening situations. Amen? Look at this beautiful verse in Isaiah 41 verse 10. He says, Fear not, I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my right hand of my righteousness. All they that were incensed against thee. In other words, in the NLT it probably says those who were See, all your angry enemies lie there. Confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. This is a beautiful verse in Isaiah. It's giving you an idea of what will happen to your enemies. Then it goes on uh, up to verse 12. You will look in vain for those who try to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. Amen. How many of you did poetry at school? How many of you did English? Did you do poetry? Did you hate poetry? Who liked poetry? I love poetry. And one of the poems we did in school was The Destruction of Sennacherib by Lord Byron. Pepin, I don't know if I sent you this. No, I didn't, right? Just, just look, look, look to it on Google. The Destruction of Sennacherib by Lord Byron. This is an important... Uh, I remember my school teacher asking, because they knew I was into church things. So they were discussing this poem. It's called po Poetic Analysis. And they said, they're not sure what happened in the story because poems, you can't easily understand what the writer is saying. So they said, is, this, is there a church man that can explain to us what happened here? And then the friend said, uh, Chris is a church boy. And so she asked, who was defeated? The Assyrians or the Israelites? I said, no, the Assyrians were defeated, ma'am. She also didn't know. You know, teachers are also not born again. <laughs> and she said, is it? I said, yes, ma'am. I said, ma'am, 
the king of Israel was threatened by the Assyrian army. And this, the king sent the message. The Assyrian king sent the message. He said, don't even pray to your God. Because the others all prayed, but we destroyed them all. And we're going to come and destroy you too. So the king of Israel was shaking in his boots because of a threat. Have you ever had a threat that made you afraid? I'm here to tell you today, the passage will show you that the king of Israel prayed to God. When you feel threatened, the solution is to pray. When you feel threatened that somebody's going to come take your house because you're behind with your, your rental, just go on your knees and pray. When you feel threatened because you don't know what to do and your children are in trouble, go on your knees and pray. Why, pastor? Because prayer helps in threatening situations. I tell you, this Assyrian king, he tried to scare the king of Israel. But Lord Byron wrote the poem to explain what happened. The Lord heard the prayer of the king of Israel. And he sent the angel of death. The armies were gathering on the hills to destroy Israel. 200,000. But the king prayed. He said, Lord, let me show you the prayer pray. Do you want to hear the prayer pray? It's, it's found in 2 Kings 19.12. Put it in the King NLT. I see God delivering someone from a threatening situation here. Because you will go on your knees and pray. Maybe your marriage is threatened to break apart. But by your prayers, God is going to change things for you. Because prayer changes things. Amen. He says to him, have the gods of other nations rescued them? Look at the nations, Gozan, Haran, Zabra, and the people of Eden. They were all there. My predecessors destroyed them all. And I'm coming to destroy you. What happened to the king of Amath? Do you remember the king of Afat? What happened to them? He's bragging. Turn to 14 quickly. After Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers, he went to the Lord's temple and he laid it before the Lord. Oh, I never preach like this, but I have some friends who say, bring your skilled brief, Nadi Yara, and lay, and lay that manetopi altar. Bring I for sini briefa vani clear of say naudra. Oh, Jesus. Listen, where are we now? For 15, quickly. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. What did he do, ladies and gentlemen? Pray. He said, O oh Lord God of Israel, you are enthroned between the cherubim. Isn't it beautiful? You are enthroned between the cherubim. That's the type of angel. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Verse 16, quickly. Bend down, O Lord, and listen. 
Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib's words of defiance against the living God. It is true, Lord, that the kings of Assyria have destroyed all the other nations. Continue. And they have thrown the gods of these nations into the fire and burned them. But of course, the Assyrians could destroy them. They were not gods at all. They were only idols of wood and stone shaped by human hands. Now, O oh Lord, our gods, you are not made of stone and wood and human hands. You are not praying to stone and wood and iron hands. You are praying to the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. The God of Samson. The God of Elijah. The God of Gideon. The God of David. Rescue us from the strength and power. Then all the kingdoms of the earth will know that you alone, O Lord, you are God. Verse 20. Then Isaiah. Now this is how God works. You pray to him, he sends you a, a pastor. Hallelujah. You pray to him, he will answer you, but it's, it's not like words of thunder. It's to the words of the pastor. To the words of the prophet. So don't take my preaching lightly. Don't take my words lightly. Maybe you have prayed to God and I am coming to give you an answer. But it is actually your prayer to God that is bringing you the answer through my words. Isaiah the son of Amos sent this message to the king, Hezekiah. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I have heard your prayer. Mama, I want to tell you God has heard your prayer. I have heard you pray about King Sennacherib of Assyria. And the Lord has spoken this word against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you and laughs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head in the risen as you flee. Verse 22. Whom have you been defying and ridiculing? Against whom did you raise your voice? At whom did you look with such haughty eyes? It was the Holy One of Israel. Hallelujah. And you know what happened? Which I can't read further because of time. The Lord just sent one angel. It's called the angel of death. And as the armies were on the hills, there's nothing nicer than that poem. Did you find it? The destruction of Sennacherib. The angel came. The Bible says he just made like this. And 185,000 men lie dead with the horses and the breath of their nostrils because of the wave of the hand of God. Bevan, do you have it? You, uh, make it bigger. Find it. Oh, listen to this. Listen to what the Bible. The, the poem says, The Assyrians came down like a hoof on the foam. And his cohorts were gleaming in purple and gold. And the sheen of the spears was like stars on the sea. When the blue wave rolls nightly on deep Galilee. 
Like the leaves of the forest when summer is green, that house with their banners at sunset was seen. Like the leaves of the forest when autumn has blown, now that house on the marrow lay withered and strown. For the angel of death spread his wings on the blast and breathed in the face of the foe as he passed. And the eyes of the sleepers waxed deadly and chill, and their hearts but once heaved and forever grew still. And there lay the stead, that's the horse, with his nostril all wide. But through it there rolled not the breath of his pride. And the foam of his gasping lay white on the turf, and cold as the spray of the rock-beating surf. And there lay the rider distorted and pale, with the dew on his brow and the rust on his mail. And the tents were all silent and the banners alone. The lances uplifted, the trumpet unblown. And the widows of Asha, the women are crying now. They may have not come back from war. The widows of Asha are loud in their will. And the idols are broke in the temple of Baal. And the might of the Gentile, unsmote by the sword, has melted like snow in the glance of the Lord. Has melted like snow in the glance of the Lord. Whenever you are threatened, your solution is to go on your knees and pray. You know, you have many enemies in this life. Don't think that when you become a child of God that everybody will like you and love you. You find it very strange that the enemy, the devil will raise up people who hate you and who despise you and speak against you. But Isaiah promised that these people will come to naught. Are you with me? They will come to nothing. Actually, Isaiah says you will look for them and you will not find them. In Isaiah 41 verse 10, just look again at what he says. 41 10. He says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. And verse, two, verse 11, verse 11 says, See all your angry enemies, they will be confused and humiliated. I never had enemies when I was a school teacher. My enemies increased when I became a pastor. Mercy. I don't think you had so much enemies until you started to come to church, isn't it? People who don't really uh, sing your praises anymore. They look at you in disgust. They want to see rather your downfall because you're not part of them anymore. You can't be part of every crowd in this world. You must make a decision where you want to be. Those of you, those of you who want to be friends everywhere, you will never become anything in the kingdom. Oh yes. But don't be afraid of the threats of your enemies. The Bible promises anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. Verse 12. You will look for them, but you won't find them. Hey! <laughs> you will look for them, but you won't find them. Those who attack you will come to nothing. Oh, I wish I had time. I would have told you a lot of my stories. But I don't have time. Just recently we saw some disgruntled church members who left this church. 
but they are not happy. They are bitter and they are sad and they wish for my downfall. Hey, I never knew so much people because when I come to church on a Sunday, I see all of you like me because everybody loves, but that's not the truth. You'll be surprised how many people are looking with binoculars to see van a foul deeper swan. And I think the higher you go in God, the more your enemies increase. I don't know why, but it's just how it is. Now I can understand why David's Psalms are full of warfare, cries, and talking about enemies who wants to hunt his blood. Then I said, I. But don't be afraid. Your enemies will come to naught. Actually, you will go looking for them and say, Vaasala. They can't even tell you where they go to church because you can't find them. They will come to naught. You have to be strong in prayer. If you don't pray, they will destroy you. Are you with me? Backsliders and orangus are people who fail to pray. Pastor Charlie, I've come to discover this on my own. What happens when you become an enemy of the church and you attack the church? Your purpose is to break the church down and to give the church a bad name so that others can't come here. Jesus is building the church, but you are breaking it down. So you haven't become an enemy of, of, of the pastor. You actually then become an enemy of the Lord. You see, so the problem of the king of Sennacherib, he thought he was fighting Hezekiah. But then the Lord sent the message through Isaiah to ask him, Do you know who are you fighting with? You see, when Miriam spoke against Moses, the Lord spoke to Miriam and asked her, Were you not afraid to talk to my servant the way you speak? You're not afraid. You, you, you are so bold in your disgust that you once called a man pastor, now you say, Jai. The Afrikaans say, Is bang om so to praat met Godse dienstknecht nie? Zij say nou met die dienstknecht besig hier? Zij is met die Heere besig. Unless I'm not a man from God. And that is why, that is why Elijah said, If I be a man, Sent from God, let fire fall from heaven. If I be a man sent from God. Oh, you might be lucky if I'm not sent from God. Then your words might have an effect on me. But the danger is, if I then am a man sent from God, then you will come to nothing. You will come to naught. We will look for you. We won't find you. Were you not afraid? You spoke against this young boy, but this boy is doing God's work and doing God's will. So when you talk against him, actually you're talking against God himself. You see, when Ananias and Sapphira hit the money from Peter and the apostles, then the Lord said to Peter, said to them, why did you lie to the Holy Spirit? They said, no, we didn't lie to the Holy Spirit. We lied to you. He said, no. When you were lying to me, you were lying to God. 
you will go backwards slowly in reverse gear. You will become ashamed. Nobody will know you. Be careful. So as you grow in Christ, you will also have enemies. It is part of life. It's in the Bible. But how will you be able to fight them? You must go on your knees. And you must pray. And say, Lord, they are threatening me. They think that you are not alive. Show yourself to be the God that I serve. Hallelujah. You see, we, listen, go back to your seat. We are too friendly. We don't understand spiritual warfare. They say, no pastor, we must love, we must love. You see, you, you, you mustn't mess with the devil. The devil will destroy you. That's why I'm encouraging you not to hold hands with worldly friends. Come away from your worldly friends. They will say something against you. That's fine. You have to take it. Huh? You, you will be ridiculed. You'll be made fun of. You need to take it. Where will I find strength? You will find strength when you're on your knees and when you pray. I get on my knees. You know that song? Get that ready while I'm praying. Okay, sir, so let me give you two more points and I'm closing. Are you here? If you're in a hurry to go home, slip out quietly and go to the chicken. But let your microwave sound brick in the name of the year. They sell your cost and varamak in the name of the year. Number two, I only have four points quickly. Prayer can change your threatening situation, and now prayer can also change the outcome of sickness. Hallelujah. Prayer can change the outcome of sickness. To save time, I won't read long, but in Acts chapter 9 verse 36, we have the story of Peter praying for Dorcas, the woman who made garments and nice things for the poor. She had an illness and she died. Many illnesses lead to death. Amen. So when people are sick, then they become afraid because they know Soon they could die. Uh-huh. But in this case, we have a beautiful uh, story of Peter. I just want to go to verse 40, 39 quickly. What happened here? Dorcas made 39. So Peter returned with them. They took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were crying. And showed them all the things this woman made. Listen to what Peter did in verse 40. Peter asked them to leave the room. You can't have sad people around you when God is going to do something. Amen? God is not moved by your emotions. God is moved by your faith. Ah, so turning to the body, then listen to this. Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. What did he do? He knelt and prayed. And then turning to the body, he said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. And she saw Peter and she sat up. Hallelujah. Many sicknesses that lead to death, God is going to stop it when you start to pray. Say amen. amen. And sometimes things are determined and the person has to die, but prayer can change that. Prayer can delay death. Say amen. amen. 
Prayer can cancel your appointment with death and reschedule it for a much later date because prayer changes things. Now, my wife didn't know this, but I'm going to ask her to help me preach this morning. Because some time ago, she showed me a, a finger and she was very worried about the finger. Do you know like when you have a wife that says, you never notice when I tell you something. Has the woman ever found husbands are like this? You talk, but they don't take note of it. So she, she, she thought I wasn't taking note, but I was always busy with other things. Then she had this ugly growth on her hand, and she kept asking me to pray, pray, and I said, I'm, I'm just going to come, I'm going to pray. Then one day I got angry with her for, for nagging, and I said, pray for yourself, man. I was a very bad husband at that time. And then she prayed, and laid her hands on a, on a, it was a, it was a growth. The doctors didn't know how to, to deal with it. Then she put her own hand on a, on a nail, like the nail was swelling up. And then she, one day she told me, she, she can't believe that this nail has come, has come right. right. And then sometime after, she said again about a growth in the foot. And then she said, failure. And I felt it was a, it's like a knob. Then she said, lay hands. I said, no, I'm not going to lay hands on you. Remember you laid hands on your nail. So the same God who healed you there is going to heal you now. Okay, okay, I'm not going to tell the story. She's here herself. Just uh, help Lucille, come tell them. If, if, am I lying? Then... As she prayed for it, she wanted to show her friend this growth on the foot. So she took her shoes off, and then she said, she, the, 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 the growth was gone. Then she said, sorry, it's the wrong foot. Then she changed. But the growth was also not on the other foot anymore. So she came and said, she can't believe that because she prayed, miracles are starting to happen. It's, it's, I, this, this is one I'm not laying any claim to. I did not lay hands on her. For sickness. I lay hands on her for other things, but not for sickness. <laughs> Tell them if, I, if I'm telling the truth. Oh, no, it's the truth, yeah. <laughs> so, with the foot, I also gave the testimony um, at the ladies' event. Um, the growth, this growth just started, you know, on my... First, tell about the nail, the nail. Okay, the nail, yeah. I had this problem with my finger, and it's like something must have gone inside my finger, you know, between the nail and part of the flesh. And it was like, for almost two years, I struggled with this finger. You know, sometimes it's dry and it seems to be okay. As soon as I use my hands in water, you know, it will get infected. And then I'm thinking, what's wrong with this finger? I went to the doctor, they took x-rays, and the doctor said the only way is to go for an operation, and he needs to go see what's inside there that's, you know, that's um, infecting my finger every time. So I went to the doctor, but bef um, just before I had to um, go to the specialist, and the power of God, once I knew was, I could sense the power of God in, in the house of the Lord. And that morning, I said, Lord, I'm not going to go for an operation. I'm going to trust you for my healing. And I prayed. I was sitting there, and I kept my hand. I said, Lord, please heal my finger. And then 
I had the uh, um, appointment with a specialist. And just the day before I had to go, I looked at my finger, but there was nothing wrong with the finger. Everything seemed to be cleared, you know. And I thought, what am I going to tell this doctor tomorrow? Because there's nothing wrong with the finger. The doctor's going to think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I've got a problem with my knees. I'm going to tell the doctor, you know, you need to check out my knees. So I went to the doctor, but as I went for my knees, I also noticed the growth and I thought, I'm going to ask him about this thing now. So he sent me for x-rays and he said, you know, with these lumps, you know, it can grow even bigger. But at that time, it, it didn't pain, there was no pain, and it was not as big that it was uncomfortable. But then I went on the trip to Ghana, and it seems that there was just not one lump, it was like a second one that appeared next to it. And I thought, shoot, this thing is now really getting big. And the day when I came back, I actually told LPT that, you know, um, this thing is now getting big, I now definitely need to go back to the specialist and now telling me he must remove it because it's now starting to give me problem and pain. And that was the Wednesday when we came back from Ghana. But I can't remember what service, but I remember there was a service that I also again put my hand on my foot and I trusted God, you know, to heal me because the doctor also said it's an operation, they need to remove it. And I said again, Lord, I know that you've healed my, my finger and you can do the same for my foot. I'm going to trust you. And I didn't ask even pastor, you know, I didn't come to the front or ask him, you know, to lay hands on me. I was just sitting there and I just put my hand on my foot. And then last week, Thursday, um, Pastor Pat and his wife was there and I spoke to her. I said, you know, I can't find this number of the specialist because I need to call him to make the appointment and I said to her you know I've got this big growth here and um, you know it must be removed and I said to her just feel here and as I wanted her to feel it I could feel this nothing then I thought no I've got the wrong foot maybe it's this one <laughs> then I changed and but then I couldn't feel I felt so stupid because I think this lady is now thinking what growth are you talking about there's nothing you know and then that evening, as I came out from the bathroom, and I looked and I, there was, it was smooth, it was clean, there was no growth. So that, I was so excited. I actually said, I was, I was screaming, I said, possibly the, 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 the growth is a weg, is a weg, is in me, in me. I said, what? And then I thought, okay, maybe you don't believe me. I've shown Virgil that my foot. I said, Virgil, look here. He looked, he said, yeah, help me as a bit. So God really healed me that song. Hallelujah. Clap for Jesus. Now, there is healing by the laying on of hands of your pastor. I don't say that there's not, but you can also lay, pray for yourself, rebuke all sickness and disease in your body, and the time that the enemy thought you're going to go out, you extend your life 
by kneeling and praying to God. Clap for Jesus. Now the last one, I, I shared four, but let me just give you one more. I'll, the other one I'll do some other time. Prayer changes the heavens over your life. Amen. Prayer changes the heavens over your life. I said prayer changes the outcome of your sickness. Prayer also changes threatening situations. And lastly, the heavens over your life. James chapter 5 verse 17, Elijah Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, no rain fell for three and a half years. And then verse 18, then when he prayed again, everybody say prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield crops. Hallelujah. Prayer is a game changer. It opens the heavens over you. And I always believe that if you come here and you join this church and you join the kingdom of God, then your poverty years are coming to an end. Ah, because when the windows of heaven open over you, then poverty can't stay with you any longer. You might be poor when you came here, but I'm here to tell you you won't stay poor. Ah, because God is in the blessing business. God is in the multiplication business. God is more than addition, is into multiplication. Hallelujah. Elijah was living under a brazen heaven. And for three and a half years, there was no blessing. There was no rain. Nothing was working. Nothing is happening. Is it the case in your life that nothing is working, sister? Brother, nothing is working for you. Nothing is happening in your life. Cell group leader, is your cell group not growing? Is your ministry going down? I have an answer for you. Prayer changes things. Say with me, prayer changes things. Prayer will open the heavens above and revelation will come to you. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor, how will I come out of my condition? Pray. And the heavens will open. And some revelation will come down to you. Light will come to you as you pray. Do you believe it? Yes. Expect the change as you now start to get up in the night hours to watch and pray. To fast and pray is to go without food and pray. To watch and pray is to go without sleep and pray. And I'm teaching you to do what? To watch and pray. Hallelujah. Prayer will even change your finances. Oh, yes. Because finances are controlled by heaven. Do you know that? Do you remember the Malachi scripture when we teach you on tithing? What does it say? I will open the windows of what? Aha. Uh -huh. So there's a change in your money situation when, they, when the heavens open. May the heavens open over your life. May the years of your struggle and your poverty come to an end. But it's conditional if you pray, when you pray. Hallelujah. The windows of heaven control the blessings that come into your life. If there is no open heaven, there will be no blessing for you. But through prayer, the canker worm and the demonic locust will all be 
paralyzed in your life in the name of Jesus. Prayer will change everything for you and it will open the windows over your head. Glory to God. Even the spiritual climate in your life and the curse will be removed. The curse that has introduced hardness, suffering, pain, emptiness, dryness, and desolation in your life will be removed in the name of Jesus when you pray. When you pray. Sometimes the best solution to your problems is to go back to the basics. Huh? I was watching football yesterday with my son-in-law. So his team lost again. Manchester United, in case you didn't know. So I heard the commentator say, they must now go back to basics. Do you see? Every time you see the sports team struggle, then they always say, go back to basics. Go back to learn how to defend. How to don't do snacks or hoochies. Like goalkeepers playing out from the back. Yeah. Just kick the ball to the forwards. Let them make mistakes there. Because if you make mistakes here, the other team score. And if the other team don't score, then your own players score for the other teams. It's the same in the Christian circles. We can learn many nice and powerful things in the church. And you know how you like my other preaching. But I can't help to bring you back to basics. What's the basics, pastor? What makes a Christian strong? You must pray. You can't just come here on a Sunday and enjoy the nice lights and the singing and the dancing and all this. You must have a personal relationship with God, you. If you can't pray for an hour, try a half an hour. If you can't pray for an half an hour, just try 10 minutes at least. Like Murdoch said, at least 10 minutes, please. The windows of heaven is going to open. You see, jaren, jaren is a frustratie. Jaren is a gesukkel. The answer is in your mouth. The answer is in your mouth. You have a connection to the heavenly throne. In the Old Testament, you had to come to a priest. In the New Testament, the curtain is torn. You can come yourself into the Holy of Holies with boldness. You say, Pastor, how can I enter there? Because it's only for holy people. The Bible says, through the blood, I can enter into the holy place. Because the Lord don't look at you as you were. He look at you as you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So now you can enter into the holy place. And you can also call Him Lord. Hallelujah. The brass heavens will not be brass for you anymore. Things are going to change. Your threatening situation is going to come to an end. Your enemies will not be found. They will watch you from a distance. 
But if you look for them, you won't find them. Your sickness will be removed. Your life will be extended. Not just by me saying these things nicely here from the microphone. By you. Going on your knees, isn't it? There are days, isn't it? There are days when I feel when I feel the best of the best of me is ready to begin. Is ready to begin. There are days that I feel I'm letting go, soaring on the wind, but I've learned in laughter in pain. How can you survive? second verse. Listen to the words. I can be I can be in a crowd or by myself almost anywhere when I feel, when I feel there's a need to talk with God. Is Emmanuel. Is Emmanuel. When I close Stand your feet, everybody. God is calling you back to basics. He's calling me back to basics. To commune with Him. Sickness and disease will not come to her. The windows of heaven will open. My life of struggle will come to an end. And the prosperity of God will come on me. And I will be a blessed man. My mockers, my enemies will disappear. Because I serve the living God. You can send an angel of death and just by the wave of his hand destroy all enemies from my life. Kaya 
We shall return to the basics. The place of prayer and communion with God. And there I will visit you, says the Lord. I will visit you there. Not in the business of the, of the public or of the assembly, but in your loneliness with me. I will come to you and I will make my abode in you the things of the world will grow dumb if you seek me you will find me But you must search for me. Search for me with all your heart. On your knees. There is power. There is power. There's protection. There's healing. There's deliverance. There's long life. There's prosperity. Talk with God. Is He man you Maybe you came here this morning and you think that your problems is insurmountable, is irretractable. But I've got good news for you. God is alive and God is waiting for you to come to Him. When you come to Him, He will give you added strength. Strength for today, strength for tomorrow, strength to carry on. You don't have to fail in life. God wants to see you succeed. Beloved, 
I pray that you prosper in all things and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. If you are here, you say, Pastor Chris, I really want to have a relationship with God. Please pray for me. I, I don't serve Him the way I should. I want, to, I want to return to Him. I want to serve Him. I want to give my life to God. Please pray for me. Maybe you just a visitor. Somebody brought you. Maybe you've been coming here for a few weeks. You want to give your life to Christ. Put up your right hand. I will pray with you. I will pray with you. Put it up and then you can put it down. I see you, young man, beautiful. I see that lady at the back. I see so many people. I see so many people. I want those people who put up their hands to take the bold step of coming to me in front and join me on the blue carpet. I will stand here and pray with you because today God is going to change your life. Why don't you come and help them to come? I get on my knees There I am before the Lord That changes me See, I don't know how But this power When I'm on my knees All right. I also believe that as I was preaching and teaching God is talking to someone you already saved, but God is talking to you about going back to basics and getting into the room of prayer. Your prayer life has grown cold. You need a chance. You need to plug into a charger so that you can get up that few minutes earlier in the night to watch and pray to watch and pray where you put your phone off you put your TV off switch off Facebook you and the Lord and the Lord alone alone if you are like that I want to also pray for you you say pastor God is talking to me I need to come into the prayer closet with him come, come join them and then I will pray for you something quickly softer on the keyboard I just want to tell them something the Holy Spirit is saying to me do you know why pastors are always discredited and bad things are said about them because the pastor is the, is the instrument that brings people closer to God are you with me so the enemy doesn't want you to come closer to God it's simple but he has to attack the instrument so that you cannot be connected. Aha. He attacks, scarifies, makes ugly, makes bad the instrument. Because it will, it will always be a man 
or a woman that will draw you by God's divine grace that will draw you always. When Sennacherib came to attack Hezekiah, he prayed to God. But God spoke to his man. Go now, Elijah. Isaiah, go. Isaiah, the son of Amos, go. Tell him this is what I say. I want you all to pray this prayer after me. You, the front runners that came. And mean it with your heart. I'm going to help you to pray, okay? That boy put up his hand. Come to me. Don't be afraid. I saw you. And the Holy Spirit showed me that boy. And the Holy Spirit talks. Don't be ashamed. I will not embarrass you, boy. God is going to do something wonderful. Is this, is this your son, Mark? Come stand here. Come stand here right in front with me. Look how he's grown. He was a small boy when I saw him last. Isn't it wonderful what God is doing? The devil has a plan to destroy you, but God is going to use you. And you will affect the lives of many. If you believe it, you must receive it. Say this prayer after me, ladies and gentlemen. Say, Dear Father in heaven, Dear Father in I heaven, come to you today. I come to you today. Just as I am. Just as I am. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. I made many mistakes. I made many mistakes. I have many sins. I have many sins. Please wash away my sins. Please wash away my sins. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Come live inside of me. Come live inside. I of give me. you my heart. I give you my heart. Become my father. Become my father. And my Lord. And my Lord. And my master. And my master. Please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. From this day forward. From this day forward. I will serve you. I will serve I will you. not serve the devil. I will not serve I the devil. I turn my back on Satan. I turn my back on I Satan. Turn my back on the world. I turn my back on the world. From today. From today. I will follow Jesus. I will follow Jesus. I will serve Jesus. I will serve Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. And I think Pastor Chris Ross shared very well he explained the message very well so i think i'm going to ask him to share every day you know the archbishop brought the prophet and i'm also bringing you <laughs> so you you, you explain the, the word very nicely to all of us amen Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages of Pastor Chris, tune in to Chris Ross Ministries podcast. Remember, faith cometh by hearing.